Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Shop Shop. And I'd like to thank all you Supernatural horror fans, uh, gore fans, everybody in our community that support us. And as always, this is myself, Zach, Mr. Eyeliner, the horror OG personality, creator of Andy Antibody and brand Mr. Eyeliner, and proud owner of this gory and spluttered Shop Shop that was then infused with another person who made it even more glorier, set it up like a goddamn splatter house, and I have to introduce her very proudly here, because she has provided a lot of blood and guts and other crazy dead things in here, and I'm like, cool, and it's the horror-loving horror living dead girl herself, B-movie fabulous, yeah, try to talk B-movies to her and win, psycho herself and co-host Al Sparky Sparks, so welcome Al. Hi Zach, how you doing? I'm good. <laughs> Thank you for the uh, introduction. That was rock on, just rock on, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> so 27, huh? Yeah. So I remember when we did like like uh, 19, they were like, "Oh my God, we're gonna do our 20th," and that was like a big milestone for us. And we were like, "Oh, we're gonna do for our 20th," and then we did that, and then. Now we're up to 27, so like at this point, it's the summertime and whatnot, and we have 28, 29, that 30 has to be like this big monumental episode that we have to like really, you know, go through our minds for like a long time and figure out like what's going to be our 30th episode. I think for number 30, we're going to have to dig deep into the vault. Yeah, it's going to have to happen because honestly, like, there's so much that comes out. There's so much that was then, now, they, then, you know, in this past, there's a now, then there's the future that's coming out. But like, I have to say, like, uh, last night, I like sat at home. I was like, whatever, I have nothing to do. And I, I watched this great movie on, I think, Screenbox, The House of Darkness. I actually texted that to you. And yeah, it's a 2022 comedy horror film. And it's directed by uh, Neil Labitte. Uh, Neil Labitte. And um, I know this director for many years because I'm um, not just a horror guy. I'm a big independent cinema guy. Yep. And I followed this dude for many years. I've actually seen him on panels in New York at New York film festivals. And he has always been the, he's always wanted to pride himself on the way he writes the scripts is about like the normal, how people interact with each other, relationships, lies, and everything else. And then you add this to like a horror comedy kind of movie this kind of, if you've watched any of his films, it's very much like, if you watch, for instance, um, I can't even tell you like how many of his movies, Ben Stiller's in one of his movies, he cheats on his wife, and it's like, yeah, he's got to deal with the repercussions, and the honesty in the the locker room with like Jason Patrick being the alpha male in that one movie. Now, this movie, it's, again, Justin fucking Long, and Kate Bosworth, who after they met really in this movie, they got married. They are married now. And that was really cool. And like, I didn't know that. And it's basically, not to spoil much, I'm just going to say it's a reimagining of Dracula. Oh. Oh, I have to see this. Yeah, and it's, it's it, it, again, it's, it's a very much like a New York screenwriter, a British screenwriter who did a play in London, made his movie with the same actor and actress and has been doing this kind of thing for years. This is the kind of movie that, like, it's a the whole movie really is conversational point of views. And if you can 
really understand the actors who are amazing digging him apart about all his lies and he's not even trying to admit his lies it's wow it's great to see him weasel you know that i gotta ask are you gonna tell us how bad or if justin gets it bad in this film because he always does in a horror film whether it's uh, comedy or not i'm not gonna spoil it but like he's up against yeah like he's like this womanizer oh i'm in finance kind of guy and uh, like he takes his girl home, not and if you take a girl home and you drive her to a place that looks like a castle, like holy shit, you live here. Um, that should be like you don't want to go in. That should be the biggest red red flag right there. You don't want to go in late at night. No, it's like two o'clock in the morning. No, you don't want to go in there. If she's somebody you went at two o'clock <laughs> at that point, like you're not gonna get anything. <laughs> oh, Justin. You get the worst of the worst. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's great because the whole entire rest of the movie is women against Justin Long in the whole entire rest of the movie <laughs> and trying to let him admit. And if he only admitted his real intentions, you know. Oh, my goodness. So he's he's still playing very much kind of like the character in, um, uh, what was the movie? Uh, Tusk? No, no, not Tusk. Barbarian? Yeah. Yes, yes. He's, so he's still very much in that type of a character. I mean, I have to say, after Tusk, and then he's Barbarian and this, it's like, yeah, it's, he's he's one of the perfect people to play like that guy. Hollywood really likes to whoop his behind. Well, <laughs> the whole he does thing it is, so well. All, all three of these like great movies he's been in like that, they're not even like big Hollywood films. They're like more indie films that become Hollywood favorites because they make so much money and people love them. And that's what's cool about it. I guess I got, uh, all right. Yeah. I'll give you that. Miss Phil movie makers, directors, writers, they love to give Justin the crap. You know this. Oh yeah. He's going to, he's going to get the whipping for like until he gets like to a certain age for sure. Yeah. It's going to take a monumental action movie that really puts him in a manly role to, to make him come out the hero. I mean, guy. I, I'm sorry. I mean, my dear, he was in a Bruce Willis diehard film and he was not the manly guy at all. He was the hacker dude and it did not do well for him. So I think he's like far from doing any, any of these movies ever. Yeah, I think I've seen maybe one movie where he's close to being almost a family guy, and that's waiting, and he's just a nerdly guy that's trying to be job-oriented. Yeah, and waiting, he was like, that was like a classic indie film as well that I love. I mean, obviously, the one that shined at most was obviously Ryan Reynolds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Um... We are really oh. off topic right now. <laughs> No, it's cool. So, like something like I, I saw that yesterday. I want to talk about. It. But yeah, tonight on twenty seventh episode, we're going to be talking about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Yes, a two thousand twenty three British independent slasher film, written totally, directed, totally twenty three uh, B movie. Yes, directed and produced by Reese Frank Waterfield, and. He's quite the looker if you look him up. Well, actually, the screenplay was by him, but the story was by 
two other people. There was Milne and Shepard that wrote the story. Yeah, I mean, okay. I mean, I'm telling you, like, she's gonna do most of this, this movie. I'm the same right now. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna let you kind of run a lot of this show tonight. But it serves as a horror retelling of the AA Milene, like an AEH Shepherd's Winnie the Pooh books. <laughs> no, not at all. And stars Craig David, blah blah blah. I don't care. The, the main character and Chris Cordell as Piglet. Well, I guess I don't really care anymore about this stuff. But um, yeah, the, the film was. This first. was your idea to do this movie tonight too. You're like, I don't even care. <laughs> I mean, no, I got my notes. I just like I don't need to give that much information. I mean, I'll talk about it after the movie review for sure. To be honest, but um, yeah. When I first heard about this, I was psyched because the film was first announced in like 2022 in May, my my birthday month. I was like, yeah, and it was like, cool, someone's gonna do this movie based on the Winnie the Pooh and the the Winnie the Pooh community went like crazy, like don't do this, but the horror community want like do this, you know. And then when they found he was shooting it for like one hundred thousand, yeah, in ten days. In Ashdown Forest of East Essex, England, which I looked up, which is very good, very not. It's not. I mean, it's not expensive at all, and it can look like the hundred acre wood. It's perfect. It did, yeah. It it was pretty much as close to the hundred acre wood as you're gonna get in a movie. And again, this is like a surprise to us because, like. Terrifier 2. This film originally was set for a nationwide one-night event. Mm-hmm. But it was like a big spike of popularity online and the producers were getting involved but somehow it produced like a grossing 5.2 million worldwide against a small-ass budget. Yep. And, not, and right away, not only is the sequel planned, but they're giving this guy the rights to any folklore to like tell that you ever read as a child or you write to your oh, child kids as a, you know if you read them to like your nieces and nephews or your children right now this guy is getting the rights to make a horror version of almost everything in the next like eight years i can see this guy doing the velveteen rabbit i really can uh, oh dear all right so review time guys Yay! Review time! All right, Zach, take it away. All right, and you're going to continue. Many years ago, deep in the Hounder Acre Woods, a young boy named Christopher Robin came across most crossbreeds, crossbreeds of creatures, as some would describe as abominations. The creatures introduced themselves as owl, rabbit. What was the other one? Piglet. No, hit her. Hmm? There's another one. Oh, Eeyore. Eeyore, Piglet, and most importantly, though, Winnie the Pooh. And they befriended a group. And they befriended the Christopher Robin. They all became kind of like this cute little family, which is now the Hunter Acre Woods. <laughs> but with the novelty of youth, as we all know. Christopher ignorantly does not pay attention to the dangers that are brought with them by giving them food 
And afterwards, they went without food for days to years. But eventually, Christopher had to make a hard decision to leave his friends, become a doctor requiring them to fend for themselves, which broke their hearts. Yeah, uh, he left the Hundred Acre Wood because he needed to go to college, you guys. He wanted to become a doctor. Obviously, you know, the, these creatures were around before Christopher ran into them in the woods as a small child, which I find that highly unlikely, but okay. Um, <laughs> so they were fending for themselves long before this child was bringing them scraps of food. But, you know, apparently they're going to starve when he goes to college. And everyone, when I tell you, like, this whole scene we're talking about, it's not even, like, with people. This is all, like, on, like, someone's drawing it up. This is no characters on screen at this point. No, this right now is just pages of a storybook going. Yeah. And that, that's, like, the beginning of this movie. That's when I'm like, okay, this has potential, I have to say. But I'm like... Right? Mm. It does open up kind of like, oh, this is going to be pretty good. And with that budget, I understand it. Yeah, I get it. Not bad so far. But during this time, we now get to the real world, and we get this like whole like on the screen thing. Without Christopher to feed or guide them, and with the arrival of winter, the animals went into extreme starvation and were forced to eat Eeyore. I'm like, why Eeyore? He's like the smallest thing, you know. I, I mean, I would, I would eat poo. Who, if you, if I was these dudes, I would eat poo. Poo or piglet? I mean, come on, who doesn't uh, love bacon? Uh, yeah, but poo—that can get you a few weeks in. I'm telling you. Apparently, eating eating this 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 donkey slash humanoid is going to feed them for years. I mean, I, it's a bad idea. And we find like Pooh's the one that's inside this Pooh's head bitch now, you know? He does this, and because of the trauma of it all, it warps their minds, and they become feral and hate everything that is human, especially Christopher Robin. For leaving them, yes. And they vowed to renounce the humanity, return to their feral instincts, and never talk again and that's like okay movie now we get the now we get the present five years later yeah yeah christopher now an adult you know doing this thing returning to the hundred acre wood accompanied by his fiance mary it seems like a come on five years later he's a doctor yeah. doesn't it come take on. seven yeah. years to get your doctorate I mean, it would be cool if it's like 15 years later. This is not very much time passing. I said, when you see like him and Mary together, it seems like any other like uh, of these like rom-com British romance films, you know, walking through the forest. Yeah. What I don't get. Okay. She's supposed. I'll wait. I'll wait. Because I won't ruin it. Okay, so Christopher's telling Mary that she's the first person he's ever shown this place to. And soon there'll be Christopher and Mary, Robin, you know, as they get married. And he doesn't want any secrets between them. 
And this is where he like decides in his brain that he want, and he thinks this is a good idea to reunite with his old friends, introduce her to his old friends. You go. Whom she is convinced are figments of his young adolescent imagination because he is so passionate about being imaginative. He he's got quite the quite the mind. Uh, yeah. And he's dragging her for what two hours up to three hours through the woods. Yet as a child, he stumbled upon these creatures. Why is there a child in the middle of the woods by himself where there is no homes in in sight at all for miles and miles and miles? That I don't understand. I find that extremely stupid of the writer. Very careless writing. Very bad parenting or very bad like he was just abused and he ran as well, far as he could. Think about it. Christopher Robin met up with Pooh and Piglet and the others uh, when he was between seven and nine. There's no seven and nine year old two to three hours away from their home in the middle of the fucking woods. Dude, that forest was like you could live maybe an hour away from that forest. It's just, this was one of the details that really irked me. Ah, you see? All right. Okay. Take her away. I love how Christopher says that Pooh and Piglet were always with him. And Mary still is trying to help him understand this, but Christopher continues to scream out, Pooh, Pooh. Imagine being an adult man, taking his girlfriend slash wife slash fiance through the woods, yelling for poo. And then he, <laughs> <laughs> but I love when he fi- he finally acknowledges that she's already seen. You look at the forest; it's so disheveled, it's disgusting. It looks like it fell apart, and he feels guilty and asks, "What happened?" And Mary gets the insight. We need to get out of here. Yeah. I mean, I like what they did with, you know, the, the walkway, the trees, where it's almost like a like a hallway type deal. That that was pretty neat looking. But, yeah, it, it's an obvious uh, you shouldn't be here kind of situation. You got blood on these big honey jars. Yeah. And, his, yeah, Mary's just like, uh, we need to go. We shouldn't be here. So like, Chris, when they, Christopher's like a child. Yeah, when they go, it's like they find that you know, house that Christopher remembers, but he used to play with Pooh and the gang at, but it's looking so much bigger now because he's older and he thinks he could find Pooh and Piglet there. Well, I mean, he, you know, they, they go into this house. Okay, first of all, he has not been here for years. He's going to go break into this house, not knowing if Pooh and Piglet are still there, if somebody else owns this house. He's bringing along his wife. Are you stupid? <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's stupid as much as he's, like... Naive. Yeah. Very, very naive. Looking at the surrounding area, I would be like, okay, something's not right here. My spidey sense would be tingling, and I'd be running. Spidey sense, you've been you would have been gone like an hour ago. Oh yeah, I would have been gone before we even got into the hundred acre woods. Like, you know what? I haven't been around those guys in a long time. That's kind of freaky shit. I've seen horror movies. I'm just not gonna go into the woods. 
it's like let's compare this like if you go away from like you're like this like poor kid the home with the poor kids and you were like this gang thing but like your life changed and someone gave you a chance and you went to an ivy league college these kids stayed in the neighborhood and you go back 30 years later into like that neighborhood and you think these kids ever got a shot or they changed it yeah well they don't want to kill you or extort you or something you know Something bad is going to happen when you leave a bad situation that you and your bad situation friends have made a good situation and you go and better yourself and leave them in the dirt. Not, that's not a good situation to walk back into. No, there's been so many great scenarios in history of movies and cinema that are based on true stories and my life and people I know's life where there was this kid, like, oh, his aunt came out of nowhere and like, you're leaving this neighborhood and took him away to like a bigger like Connecticut, for instance, and he had this great education, married some chick and moves to New York again to like this is like go to the old neighborhood for like a you know, a press release or something and he meets the old friends and that will like in theory all these people, you know? Oh, absolutely. Especially if they're not kept in the loop, they're just forgotten all about. Yeah. yeah. I it mean, doesn't bode well. And we're talking about, like, see, this is, like, the 2000s, and you go back, like, in 2023, we all, we had phones in early 2000s, so, like, you could call, but if you never called any of these people, and you just go back and think it's all cool, it's not all cool. No, everybody's gonna look down on you like you think you're better than them. Like, Christopher could have, like, totally have gone on his, like, breaks and went to like the forest and fed them and do all this you know maybe he you know in a big way i think what they were trying to say is that he he domesticated these wild beings and then just abandoned them yeah but the whole purpose of them becoming these wild beings supposedly as we learned in the beginning of the movie was they came into fruition into life because of a destiny, and it was Christopher Robin. But Christopher Robin destroyed that destiny in a lot of ways. This is true. Christopher Robin is very self-centered, apparently. This is just very, very terrible writing. Yeah. Okay, Which so now... <laughs> I do love terrible writing, but even for me, I, you know, I sat here and I watched this and on my own for the first time, and I'm just like, the first time I watched this movie... I was with my mother, so we're just enjoying it for what it is. And what I say, watch it by yourself and then give watch me it, a, analyze yeah. it, really pay attention yeah, to the details. Exactly. Yes. And unfortunately, I did do that, and it ruined a lot because it's terrible writing. And a lot of this movie, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and spoil a little bit. A lot of this movie, most of the details are very unsupported. And I'm going to say, we have together reviewed a lot of low-budget films with a lot more success in writing and direction and storyline. And this movie has no reason to fail, because I'm going to mention why it should have no reason to fail with the writing in this in just quite a few minutes, I think. Yes. Anyway, so now Mary finds a picture in the house. And it's of Christopher Robin, but his face is crossed out. Hmm. And Christopher asks, why would you, why would they do that? You know, he's like, why? And then they hear a noise. The overdramatics. Oh, my God. Oh, it was so like, what? 
And the overdramatics. We better hide. Why? There is no reason for Mary to freak out the way she did. No. And my notes here are L interject or blah, blah, blah. But I'll continue because then Piglet gets into the house. And I must say now, the Piglet mask, I could have designed that with like, if you give me a budget of $500, I could have made that, honestly, with one friend in a week's time. But did this actor have to do the, you know, noises every time with like that, with the nose ring in and whatever? It was so fucking annoying. I'm I'm gonna say this, you guys. You you heard my our 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 review on Krampus. This is where I really cannot stand mask work. This is not really a mask. It's kind of like prosthetics, but it's so thick and so bad that there's no not enough facial movement that it just it looks so freaking fake. You can see the light go through it. It looks very jelly like, very synthetic. It's terrible. I mean, I would, I would understand if some of the SFX people would have, like, said, I don't want my name on this, you know? I mean, if, if you're a novice, say, I wanted to make one of these masks or something, I've never done that before, and it came out looking like that, I'd be very proud of it. But I'm somebody who has no talent in this area. I, I don't have any studying in this area. For these people to be professionals, this is bad. Well, I mean, I do, but the actor behind the mask did not really the mask was poorly done but if you had a good enough actor that mask could have been shown a little better but then it's not really his their fault because you look pan down right the outfit was terrible the clothing terrible. oh my god it overalls looked, overalls and flannel it looked like jason Voorhees and friday the 13th part three it's a very cane hotter outfit for both Piglet and Pooh. Oh, we'll get into Pooh. <laughs> we'll get into Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Pooh will hit the fan. <laughs> yeah. So, like, blah, blah, as I said, Piglet, like, actually fatally strangles Mary with a chain that he has over his, like, his, his body and out of nowhere and just, like, kills her instantly. Well, not really instantly. She does struggle for eh, about a minute and a half. While Christopher's saying, why are you doing this stuff? And he's begging Piglet. You know, again, as Piglet's grunting his nose and, stop doing this, come on. And then he's crying as he sees Pooh. Pooh is there now, and we see Pooh. So now we're getting to Pooh. Pooh is basically some crappy mask you bought at, like, a damn thrift store. Diamond, yeah, diamond dive. Sloppy, oversized clothing. And obviously, it's stuffed clothing too, to make the uh, air, the uh, actors look a little bit plumper than what they are. You could tell that. I mean, could you just hire like a bigger sized dude to like maybe fit that better? You know? Why couldn't they have hired Kane Hodder? He would have. He would. He he would have made this movie so much better. I mean, Kane Hodder literally probably would have done this for free to get into this because he respects his craft, but like. No, this is this this is not. I mean, this is not Kane Hodder material, but he would have made this a lot better than what it was. Oh, I'll mention Kane Hodder material later on. But, oh uh, man, is it all through this? Hmm. I, I love where he's like, 
Pooh begs him, like, help, we used to be friends, and I apologize. And I said, why? And, again, emo Christopher Robin cries to reason with Pooh and says, stop. Tell me he didn't sound like a small child in trouble, especially with the way he says friends. It's not F-R-E, it's not F-R-I-E-N-D, it's F-W-I-E-N-D. He's got... It really got to me as he as he spoke. He talks like a little child, and it really irritates me. He's a doctor, right? If my doctor came in with that, I don't know if it's a. And you know, you know, you know, in London, doctors like get paid so much more than in America. And I'm like, wow. This actor doesn't even look like he could be a doctor. He has that baby face. He looks very young, very un un unadult like. Well, obviously, like, when they did the beginning, where they had no real actors, it was just, like, the, the, the whole storybook crap, they didn't have time or money to, like, spend on a young kid that maybe looked like this actor. And, like, all right, let's got to do this, you know? This this is terrible. This, yeah. Well, like, guys, you know what? <laughs> we talked about this so far, right? But this is when we actually now get, enter the title of the film, Winnie the Pooh. Blood and honey. <laughs> it's like this is after I mean, all this. We don't know. We don't know what happened to Christopher Robin up to this point. Nope. The opening, like the opening credits, those are pretty decent looking, actually, to me. I think that looked nice. Nice, nice graphics. Yeah, I was like, did I um, get another so we, movie? Yeah, we went. We went to. We went from shit to nice graphics. Maybe it'll pick up and be a little bit better. No, because the graphics are great. Like they have the whole like on the news, several mutilated bodies found in the woods. The hundred acre woods, yeah. So it's like everybody knows that this is a bad place. Which, you know, don't you think that no, like would have known this? The news person is like, "Do not go there." You hear it twice. It's like, "Do not go there." I'm like, "Yeah, do not go into the woods today." That is that. That is a great beginning to a movie at that point. You know. It really is. But, like, you have to think. Piglet and Pooh had to have been doing this for a while, so these stories are not new. Why is it Christopher is unaware of that situation? Because he obviously is like a dick and didn't pay attention to, like, that place or anything. By the way, why don't we ever meet his parents? They never mention his parents, either. Never mention it. They mention his childhood kitchen. Was he like a Bruce Wayne type that lived alone or like, you know, hence how he gets to go to, you know? You know, uh, I don't know. I mean, he was a very young boy out in the middle of the woods. Like I said, like, where are his parents? Did he have parents? Like, what the hell? This whole thing irritates me because, like, if you go with the original Winnie the Pooh stories, we do actually see Christopher's parents. We we get a feel for his family. In this, it's like, it's not even a, it's not even a topic. Yeah, so um, now to continue uh, the review, this is going to be like, as we just said, what we did, it me, it makes a lot of sense, Elle. It's like anybody that watches this movie, when they see the, like, the title like sequence and like that sequence, it is so well done. What went wrong? Mm-hmm. Bear with us. I think we have some technical difficulties. Yeah, hold on real quick. Technical difficulties, sorry. 
I just said that. Apparently, he dropped his headphones. <laughs> I'm back. Are you? Ah, no. Hold on. Jesus. Hear me? Yep. All right. I'm going to try to like do this the way then. back but i don't know if i can you can hear me though i can hear you all right damn it it sucks hold on the power of edit This is where you get the realness here at the chop shop, you guys. Guys, I'm so sorry. Please don't hate me for this. It's uh, uh, I'm in the process of moving around the chop shop, and wires all weird everywhere. So, I apologize for that. <laughs> Construction time. Yes, exactly. So, going back to the movie, this is I gotta say. The oddest subplot ever. The oddest? Oh, yeah. Maria Taylor's uh, stalker bullcrap. Yeah, go into that, please. You start. We right. Maria. Talk about Maria, please. All right. Maria, <laughs> Maria is basically our... She's our heroine. She's our main character, apparently. And she... We open up to her sitting on a fluffy white couch in her therapist's office talking about this man who was, you know, stalking her, basically, and she can't get over it. And she's here at therapy to get through it so that she can live her life and not feel so bound to her fears and her her trauma. And so her her therapist suggests to her that maybe she should leave the city for a while, go somewhere that's quiet where she feels safe and really just reconnect with herself and try to move past this horrible experience she has just gone through. So Maria takes her therapist's advice, obviously, because where would the movie go if it was in the city? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it would go to university. Who goes right. to university? <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> 108th University. Yeah. Uh, so she calls up her friends and they all are going to go out and do this together. Uh, and they're going to a cabin out in, <laughs> out in the woods. 100 Acre Woods. 
all these city girls from London. If there's one thing that like these college kind of girls do, they pay attention to every post and every feed on Instagram and social. Would you not see like the things? Don't go there. These girls live on their cell phones. They they live less. Th- they live they live in the UK. The UK is a very small place, so any news is news. Okay, you're gonna hear about it no oh matter where God. you go. UK television reports every single thing. You fucking the like- newspaper. Yeah, the newspapers, the social media, the television. It's gonna be somewhere, especially where bodies are being found maimed and mutilated. And you're going to make a tourist site out of it eventually. Exactly. So this is, they're going to a place that is going to be televised every, every fucking where. And these girls happen to be going there and they don't know any of this. Give me a bull fucking break. But I love like that friend that's supposed to meet them. Tina, you know, who's supposed to meet them. gets lost. She's a cute redhead. She's a cute redhead. No, she really is. But like, again. Dumb as shit. Yeah. Like. British university people, I met British university women in New York that came here, like, no way. They're not dumb as shit. This girl's like, duh. And on the way there, she's just like, oh. No, 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 no. She's like, she's like LA and and London. She's got the mindset of an LA girl, but she's a London girl. Yeah, so I'll just, I'll give it, like, I'll just start this off. I'm sorry to anybody who's from LA, but you know, you know. You know the girls. If you're from LA, you know the girls I'm talking about. The really ditzy, airheaded ones that don't pay attention to jack crap. And I mean, I, I guess London probably has a version of that, you know? I guess, but most anyone I've ever but met the, or but, spoken but, to, yeah. But I guarantee you, a London girl in that area that's like the LA version of their area, like in like the main place where they have Top Shop and everything. These kinds of girls will never be seen going to a forest in the middle of nowhere. No. Without a guy that looks like Chris Hemsworth, you know? <laughs> I'd go anywhere with him. There you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, Hemsworth is nice looking. All right. So you give us what happens to what's Tina's faith, Elle? Tina's faith? What happens to her? Her faith. Oh, her fate. Yeah. Oh, okay. She goes into this freaking garage. There's no other buildings around for miles and miles, obviously. So she's asking for gas. She's got to go two miles up the road or whatever. And she's like, oh, okay. This dude is totally freaking creepy. I mean, am am I wrong? Um, Creepy? He's like, again, they've watched a lot of Friday the 13th movies on this one. He portrays a character really who has watched a, a little bit of a Friday the 13th footage and portrays the creepy dude, yes. Like, think of the dude from Urban Legend who's trying to tell the chick in the car that there's somebody in the back of the car. That He's that creepy dude. Yeah. That That's how creepy this guy is. Like You, you just feel like he's a bad dude. There's broken down trucks everywhere, cars everywhere, and none of them are running, apparently. So, her friends are outside, and they're beeping for her, so she makes her way out of there. Where are all the drivers? Yeah, where are the drivers? Where are the owners to all these freaking cars? I mean, it's not a it's not a junkyard that he's running. It's it's a mechanic. So, when Pooh finally finds her, though, this is what really, like, out of nowhere in my mind, I have to mention, her top falls off during this situation. What? He rips it off. 
Yeah, but who's now a rapey kind of guy? Okay. This was the first scene I found very rapey. And then Pooh like, stomps her head like a good five times, I have to say, I counted. Oh, he's he's smashing her head off of that, that uh, I think it's a combine or yeah, I think a, it's a com- wood chipper. No, it's a combine, but he first does that. And then he finally grinds her up in the wood chipper in that factory. And you see flesh of her is going everywhere. I'm like, who, what's up with you, buddy? He's, in a way, he's very unimaginatively aggressive. Like, it's just, it's so boring. It's so stupid. Like, really, you're going to bash her face and kill her, and then you're going to chop her to little pieces? I get, and, I'm sorry, the CGI. The CGI of her flesh flying out of the combine. Terrible. Come on. You could have done that for under $100. It's like, guys, did you guys watch Evil Dead Rise? Come on. Yeah. That's how you can do it. Yes. And it's like, I, I, I have notes like, oh, then we get back to the cabin, blah, 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 the girls are talking, blah, blah, blah. This, I mean, this doesn't really make sense to the movie plot at all in my mind. So, no, it just goes deeper into Maria's stupid stalker story, which has <laughs> no merit to this movie at all. It, just, no, it doesn't. It, it and everybody's takes up like, time. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's all that was, honestly. The whole story about the, the stalker was just a way for them to suck up more time. And honestly, when we tell you guys how Maria's story ends, it does not pay off. No. Not at all. The that's one thing that I, in this movie, like, I never really paid attention to it when I was watching it with my mother. So this time around, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what the hell this mo- this, this scenario even has to do with any of this movie. And it's, it, it's an unnecessary subplot of writers being like, oh, we have to do at least this time of a movie. We don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> it's a very misdirection type tactic here. And with that time wasted, you wasted all your budget because you could have done maybe Pooh's costume better, you know? Piglet's costume better. Oh, yeah, the costumes, something could have been so much better. Instead, we're basically sitting around the living room listening to her story, which I'm guessing her friends have heard many times, but they're saying they've never heard it before. No, but I I, I honestly want to say to you, I think that, like, your nephew and you – could sit down and create a better poo costume than what's in this movie. I think I will get that three-year-old right on it. Because honestly, this is like, I <laughs> no, will it get, is. It's terrible. It, it's like the Pepsi challenge, but like the poo challenge. Try to design a better poo costume that fits somebody of that size the right way. It would go viral. Yeah. I think if they made a shit demon as poo... That would have been better. Yeah. This this was just... It looked too plastic, too much like a toy. A, ch- a child's toy of Winnie the Pooh. It just it didn't go very well. All right, so now I have to get to the next part of this movie. And please, listeners and Al, take this into consideration as I talk about it and consider it in your own minds how it sounds. So in the treehouse, Pooh's treehouse... We now learn who has Christopher Robin prisoner shirt off. Christopher is chained up, bloody, and Chris is explained to Pooh that this isn't you, Pooh. I had to leave. People wouldn't understand you like me. And I loved you, Pooh, and apologizes 
but who goes to like a bathroom, looks in the mirror, like it's like uh, a face-off movie or like some action movie, and remembers the old times. He's reminiscing, gets, yeah. Yeah, he gets so infuriated. First Pooh and Piglet burn Mary's corpse, like his dead fiance's corpse, and then show a horrified Christopher Robin now. Eeyore's skeletal remains in the corner. I'm like, all right, take it what you want to see it as, I'm saying. And then Christopher is whipped with Eeyore's tail before Pooh goes extra hardcore, showering him in Mary's blood. I mean, First of all, the blood was too water-based. Yes, that wasn't blood blood. That was like... Cool. Yeah. And guys... (laughs) This ain't my poop, I'm just going to say. And if you don't understand the context of this so far, I'm about the LGBT community. I think this is really bad. This was very homoerotic. Yeah, it was homoerotic, and it really trashed on everything. This is, like, again, bad writing. Very bad writing. It just shows that Pooh was oddly obsessed with Christopher and that he and Christopher had a relationship beyond what they're saying. But several scenes that we spoke about, I've already compared a Michael Myers scene. I'm going to compare this to a Nightmare on Street 2 scene. A lot of this writing was like, did these guys sit there and just watch their favorite 80s horror movies and write this? I saw even some um, no, Nightmare, I know, I know. Nightmare so, on Elm Street stuff in here, too. Yeah, I said this is Nightmare on Elm Street 2 right there. Oh no, I'm not even talking about that part. But there, oh, there's you'll get there's there. nightmare I, I, on Elm Street. I, I, oh, yeah, I know, I, I know, I know where you're yep. going. Yeah, I know oh, where yeah. you're going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now as night falls, yeah, Pooh and Piglet sees Laura from the cabin, or like she's in the hot tub listening to music and taking selfies. Like, and she gets out at one point because she sees in one of the selfie pictures she's the Instagram behind. whore yeah. that's what she is and she's gonna hello hello and fuck it she walks back into the tub and that's when they actually get her <laughs> from behind with the chloroform but not before she says you're not in my league you fat freak yeah she says that before she gets back into the hot tub it's like, Honestly, this was this, just, this was this, just a cheap way of having some tits and ass. This movie's a lot. If that scene, like that terminology, plus the tits and ass thing, it's really in bad taste. Very bad taste. Thank you for saying that. So now Laura wakes up and she's tied up on the road. <clears throat> Wrong turn three. Um, yeah. So um, she wakes mm, up from the hog-tied. road. Hogtied. She's hogtied. Hogtied. And Pete was like stomping her down. Like, get down, woman, get down. As, yeah, he's pinning her to the to the ground. As Pooh's like behind the wheel, as Pooh then slowly drives the car onto her head, crushing her skull, which would have been a great makeup effect scene, but it was so CGI, in my opinion. Oh my god, it was terrible CGI. Like that in a Rob Zombie film, that's my reference to her. That is a Rob Zombie scene, but Rob did it with like real makeup artist. This is bad. When you say this is bad, you are really sugarcoating it for these people. This was this was dog shit in a chef salad. Don't take a bite. <laughs> so, at that point when you 
I, I don't get how, how far that is from where the house is and everything, but that's when Maria and Jessica... Literally, it's yards away. Yeah, hear that noise. And, like, I think that was Lara. And then go check it out. And get there so quickly. It's like me getting to you that quickly, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because in the movies, you just move so damn fast. And that's when they find Laura's corpse, and they freak the fuck out. They run back to the house very fast somehow, band together, trying to escape. And then as Pooh is at the door, looking in, creeper. Very creepy. Like, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like um, the not the visitors, um, the uninvited. You know how they're standing yes. outside, very menacingly. There you go. Oh, like the strangers, even. Yeah, the strangers. I think that's probably what I was thinking. Yeah, the strangers. Yeah, it's... but the strangers did it in such a subtly creepy way. As Pooh was just like, "Hi, I'm the I'm the resident sex offender." I'm just going to say hello outside with a mask on, you know? Yeah, kind of like sexual harassment panda, if anybody's familiar with South Park. <laughs> <laughs> but then, as I'll let you do this, you know, that, that girl, what's her name? The trauma, you can go into it. That's Maria. She's She's making this all about herself. She's going into, like, shock, saying, why won't he leave me alone? Like, why? Uh, Don't you just love those melodrama people? Make it all about themselves when their friend is outside dead? You want to know what my notes say here? Honestly, I don't give a shit. Let Elle talk about who this person is and melodrama. That's that's all I got. It's just basically Maria taking the trauma, the attention, and making it all about her. This is all her. And meanwhile, you know, the girls are freaking out because they're one of their best friends is outside without a head. But no, no, Maria just wants to know why he won't leave her alone. And it's not even her stalker. Like, come the fuck on. Maria, like, dude, the stalker was like back in the day. He doesn't like almost. A year. Yeah, it's been almost a year. And he's in jail. So what the shit? And while this drama, that's when like they are attacked by Pooh. And Piglet, but meanwhile, Piglet's running. This is wow. I have to say this. Piglet now, they change his look a little bit in this movie. He now, he looks now like an SMM pig mass chain around his neck. Psycho. Like he's got the chain around it. He's now got like it looks like more facial piercings. He does it. Yeah. And it's weird. And they did. They did give the mask a little bit more detail. At this point. You can't do that. No. Stick with what you started with. He takes Zoe down into the pool at this place. And he's trying Mm -hmm. to chain her around the neck. And he finally gets there and then slaughters her in the pool like he's, again. Oh, my God. He smashes her freaking face in with the sledgehammer. Yeah, One, like, and it, and she's dead, but he hits her like two or three more times. That's like a Jason Voorhees scene. That's not. It, it is a Jason Voorhees scene because I saw Jason do this, and I think, uh, number three or four. See, like, he's walking they, in the water behind a girl. When they made the Hatchet series, and they had Keen Hodder, the director, I love him. 
he did not mimic any scenes that we know from the, the actual Friday the 13th franchise. He created his own moments. These people had the opportunity to create their own moments, and they did not, in my opinion. No, they stole they stole moments and tried to fit them into this, and it just it doesn't work, obviously, because you have two people, such as myself and Zach, and we're just like, saw this in Friday the Thirteenth, or saw this in Halloween, or oh come on, that's a total Freddy move. Yeah. Yeah, that Alice is abducted, but then I get to another scene, referencing like, what the fuck is this? That scene where Pooh is like taking in honey. Well, you know what it actually looks like, and I won't say it if you know what I'm talking about, babe. Lady honey. It looks like not honey. How he's enjoying it, if you know what I'm saying. He looks like like he's sexually enjoying that. He, yeah. He's like massaging himself, making it very sensual-like. Think of it like that's his drug, but I, I think Elle and I see it like mm, a little something different. It was very much like a pervert uh, rubbing lady juices on himself. Mm-hmm. Like going it's back to the scene of the prime kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, very disturbing and very just. No, doesn't doesn't feel right. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Wrong kind of honey, there, Pooh. Pooh is a weird guy, you know. <laughs> is he a guy though? I don't know what the hell he is. It's, he's annoying. That's what it is. <laughs> so now, like, our favorite person, Maria and Jessica, well, I'm cool with, are, who are followed, go to the rescue, and they go to Pooh's treehouse, and they free Alice, who's there, and that's when they hear a scream, and they find a battered, probably raped, you know, Christopher Robin, hanging still, coming to <laughs> it. They help unchain him, free him. Then they hear the screams again. Chris was like, go help her. And he'll oh, be fine. Oh, no, this bitch. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then they find the other hostage, Charlene, whose face has been just completely like mutilated. It's all fucking hell. Her, and, her face, her hair, her, her clothes. And she's only been there since that morning. Yeah. But she, oh, oh, I got to say this. She's been there a few hours. So she's been there just not even a whole day. And she's talking about she knows their names. They talk to each other. Piglet keeps coming back and mauling her. Uh, sh- she has all these details and shit like that that she could not possibly have within a few hours. Because think about it. Piglet and Pooh have been all over the place this whole entire time. Where did they have time to do this all day long? Yeah, you hear Chris Robin say, like, they brought this person earlier today. Yes! Um, I, I paid attention to that today. I'm like, wait, she's only been there for maybe six to 12 hours? You would not be that devoured in like six, what they were doing all day between that time. Piplet's not that fast. Sorry. No, he's not that fast. And as many things as what Charlene explains knows? happened yeah. and knows, it couldn't have taken place in that short amount of time. It just couldn't have. The writer here, I'm sorry, and director did not do his job very well here. And one thing I was like, why did they do this to her? But, like, obviously, that's, like, that one question. Like, nobody even responds to that question, which is hilarious. And then Charlene pleads with the girls, let, you know, free her. They do. They carry her out. And we learned that Charlene. Tell me, tell me that didn't feel very ritualistic, the way they had her set up. 
Yeah, it did. Very ritualistic. I'm just like, are they worshiping some kind of Satan or something? But like that scene where Charlene now finally sees her face in like a window. Wow. Hit it the fan. She freaks the fuck out. Yep, that's what they've done to me. And says, let them come. She's obviously like wanting revenge, but like Yeah, she's like, I'm not leaving here until he's dead. Piglets really scarred my face and I want to give it back. Like good luck with that, babe. Yeah. I'm sorry, honey. You can't barely walk, but you're gonna take on this dude that did that to you. No, Charlene doesn't give one shit. I'm, I'm like, go Charlene, and the the girl's like, shut up. But she fucking calls out and summons Piglet to kill her, kill her. But who appears behind her? And poor is what I say, his come. I mean, his honey all over her. Then all Pig- over her face, and holds her down by her hands with his feet while <clears throat> Piglet eats her face. Not rapey at all. Yeah, Piglet moles her to death. Face. Okay. Wait, wait, yeah, this is a very subliminal rapey movie. I'm so glad you watched this alone the second time because now you kind of see what I'm seeing, right? You guys, I talked this movie up so much after I watched it the first time. I'm like, Zach, you're going to love this movie. And you know what he said to himself when he watched it for the first time? There's no way she could like this movie. And I'm going to tell you, we're completely even for Krampus. Even though I knew Krampus was a piece of shit, I just wanted to read it because it was Christmas time, but we're even, okay? Wow, okay. I still like this better than I like Krampus, but all right, all right, we're even. So now, like, the girls fight off poo really horribly with, like, fire and shit. Then we find out Alice to do... Out of nowhere, how did this happen? Can you explain this to me? It's, like, this horrible edit where Alice has subdued Piglet, has him, like, hanging up, you know? Saying he's gonna oh. pay, you fucking freak. And Oh, like, well, did you, did you miss the part where Alice got him uh, in the head with the sledgehammer and knocked him out? But isn't he like a supernatural creature? No, actually, they're not supernatural at all. They're just humans. They're they're deformed uh, hybrid or not hybrid humans, but crossbreed humans. So somebody was out there doing their farm animals or some shit. Which, okay, I believe it. Look at the overalls and shit like that that they're wearing, but. Like, seriously, yeah, but there's, Al- there's no fucking way she Alice, Alice is this teeny tiny girl. Would you be able you your size to chain up Piglet like that? At my size, no, absolutely not. She she drug him from there to where Charlene was originally, without and food. hung hung him up, no help, hung him up and you know chained him. There's no way. There is absolutely no way. This dude is like three times her size. Yeah, she's like banging away at him saying, you're going to pay what you did to Lara, and this is what you deserve. And then she finally bludges him to death. And And of course, you know, you got the other two girls out in the woods hiding, and they see Pooh, but Pooh hears Piglet with his last squeal and goes running. Let me explain this to you. This girl, this actress, picked up a did you see how big that sledgehammer was? For her, did I watch? Did I watch this movie? Yeah. yeah. For her to swing that sledgehammer that deep into his face to kill him, 
mm, what it took maybe like a few times of swing. Yep. I agree. I know. I totally agree. This, I can, I can see where, yes, she could probably have killed him, but not on one, on that one last swing. Just come on. It would have taken more than that to go through his skull. Yeah, enough talk. Yeah, enough like screen time talking shit. But you can only get enough screen time, like hitting him a few times, see some blood come out, and then killing him. It was very teen, teeny, like a teen moment where they just got to throw these little ad libs and shit in there. It's just like, just fucking do it already. Yeah, but in this time, remember when like you hear the death of Piglet? That's when Pooh picks it up and. He stops chasing the girls and runs back as he hears it. And out of nowhere, he gets there, like the Flash, and impales Alice. And that was that's actually a really good kill. When he impales Alice with a knife through her mouth. Very Michael Myers. Ah, um, Michael Myers much in my notes? Thank you. That is a total scene from Rob Zombie's Halloween Michael Myers Wrong. film. Wrong. From Rob Zombie and Carpenters <laughs> from the original, because he pins the dude into the wall with the fucking well, knife. The, the way the graphic was, like how graphic it was, it was either from Halloween 6, Curse of Michael Mars, or Rob Zombie's Halloween. Could have been the very first Halloween, too. Remember, after him not, and the chick banged. Not that graphic. They made this graphic like it was trying to be. like. Uh, okay, graphic-wise, yeah, it's from 6, but style-wise, it's still... It's still very Michael Myers either way. <laughs> it's yeah. very stolen. You, you see this scene and you're like, wait a second, this is totally Halloween. This has been a lot of us comparing and <laughs> contrasting. And I think we deserve a, a little bit of a break at this point <laughs> to get our bearings. But I, I mean, I have to say, you always rely on me for this. And I hope you listen to the first part of this before you take the rest of your break. It's going to be like two minutes. And it's a great song that represents the Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, the musical animated song that is very much banned in a lot of places. Uh, let's do it to it. Play, All push right. play. Be back soon. Enjoy. Thank you. 
sport, what he's done. Men bought poo, call me one. Things fly out, ripped apart. No, we're just not poos, beating hearts. Crush the bear, between two cars, he'll be bad. And leave you scars, try to bear. Well, if that song wasn't rapey. Yeah, and, and you should see the video on YouTube. So don't they go to it? It's like cartoony. And it's like, yeah, exactly what you just said. <laughs> Listen to them lyrics. But like, see oh how... And I gotta tell you, like, for me, every time we do a movie, sometimes they don't have a song. I, I have to go, like, almost 30 minutes of my day to find a song that can match the movie. And that really came up great. That's a great song, and I think you did awesome at finding one that fit this. Thank <laughs> Obviously, you. thank you. I hope people like start listening to us. Like, what song are they going to play in that? You know. You know, I I I've had a few people ask, you know, where you get your inspiration for finding music, and I'm like, he does his homework. He really li- listens to some music to fit to fit the movies that we. It has to. It has. It has to be like. Um, it has to be like a soulmate to the film. To, in my opinion. It has to be like if they don't marry well together, it's just gonna not go well. Yeah. So back to the yeah. finale conclusion of the film here now. Blood <laughs> and honey. <laughs> now Maria and Jessica are running for it seems like two minutes. I'll <laughs> do as far as for their lives and stop a car that's just. Oh my God! Driven by four local men for help, if, and saying to them that who has killed their friends and the one, I love when the one bloke says, "Who? Are you on drugs?" <laughs> yeah, and they beg them to leave now, and the boys then see who coming towards them. Marie and Jessica get into the car, like yeah, they're in there, and I love that the one dude is like some kind of freak picking on those girls huh and logan and- logan is the main is the main dude of this group right he is also the guy the creepy dude from when uh tina was in the the mechanics place oh yeah yeah you're correct yeah i noticed that today I like they oh, hire a bitch. you know yeah, I, I hate to tell you, but if you look in the casting, most of the actors in this film are not even named. No, it, 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 I looked at it, it's only like three people are actually really done things. Yes, they left a lot of people out of the credits, and it's just it, very irresponsible movie making, in my personal opinion. Yeah, this guy is, I don't know how, like, people in London are, are going to give this guy a contract to redo all these folklore films after what he did. IMBD didn't, like, really report him for, like, not re- like putting in all the hard work these little actors did. That's bullshit, you know? Everybody that was in this film deserved recognition. It happens everywhere. It happens in yeah. any production and any movie I've ever seen. Anyway, so the men attack Pooh. And I got to tell you, you watch this very closely. Once again, it's the same sequence with Halloween to Rob Zombies when, like, they come out of the truck and they're you know, trying to take them down to the ground. Vigilante style. Yeah. It, isn't it, like, play-by-play? Play? 
almost honestly it almost is but what i really love is when Pooh is you know Pooh gets that uh crowbar to the face okay first of all Pooh is the same size as these dudes right yeah and then all of a sudden he's like double to triple their size oh when he gets up and he's like super fucking poo i have my notes super poo like why when did he get that big and then he's only that big in that one two to three second shot yeah and that's why like out of nowhere he like easily like, kills these dudes so quick and like when you have a perfect <laughs> kill you have a kill count you can really save her in a horror film and like us you know how we love our kill counts like he could really do it but who like takes his like, fist and just flushes them with the glass that they he broke that, that he has on his like, hand with the bottle and then slices through one of them and then stomps the, the stomp on the face CGI crazy bullshit and then for a good two seconds as one runs away he throws something and kills them I'm like nope. huh no nope. no he didn't throw oh, anything yeah. he summoned his bees the bees swarmed him and killed him as he oh, was walking yeah. back to the girls in the truck that was that was stupid. stupid as shit. Did you actually really see that on camera, though? It was, like, so badly shot. I, I did see the bees. But, yeah, the face slashed off to the bone was a total Freddy Krueger moment because it, it they made it look like he had claws or something. He didn't even have claws. It, he had man hands. No, but he had the glass. Because, like, supposedly, when they broke the glass bottle over his head and he fell down, he had glass on oh, his head. Oh, yeah. I'm like... It's just stuck in your hands, and you do that, like, poof. This is, it's terrible, though, like, because he had his hand out like Robert but would. You, you're trying to say to me, like, this is a, a human person that was transformed into this, but this is making Pooh look like uh, ultimate killer. A Michael demigod. Myers. Yeah, this is, makes no sense at this point. Absolutely not. He's Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, and Jason Voorhees all in one. Really? With a little bit of a... Kane Hodder's Victor Crowley. It's like, I'm no, sorry. come on. Yeah. So now, before I say like, like I can't go that far right now. So I have my, oh, I have my passion. I say this later. But now Maria tries to run, but Pooh overpowers her. And I, I love how like Pooh gets in the truck. They get in the truck, and Pooh gets on the truck somehow. Like he's again super Pooh gets on the truck. Halloween four. Yes. With they, Jamie and her sister in the car or in the truck driving. Come on. Even, even the next scene, I'm going to say the car crashes. Play by, play the, by fucking play. The, the car crashes. They're knocked out cold. A cold. Upon awakening up, she would. Jess is getting pulled out of yeah, the truck. And it's like, what the fuck? Play by play. If you watch both movies on two TVs in the same room, you could actually add that up. I did. I, I I had it on pause and I'm like watching. I did too. I had on like, I had on YouTube on my phone and I was watching the movie on TV and that's why I had it, to It is. Strip. It's it's literally and, play by play. And this I want people to come at both of us and say no it's not. And I will actually take footage of myself watching it on my phone from my iPad and watching on my TV and comparing and contrasting how it's similar. Like not even similar. But a complete the rip same. off, a rip off of something where in that Myers movie though they did it in a bigger way. In this movie, they're doing it in a very more uh, way. This is a very wish version of Halloween Four at this point. 
yeah, I really think that, uh, I can't. I also the director. All right, but. Uh, but He's holding back, you guys. He really is, because like he was talking to me before, and whew, it was like he was giving me the third degree for saying I like this movie. Then out of nowhere, like you see, like Maria tries to start the car, but it's not going, and then who out of nowhere is holding Jessica's like mutilated head, throws it onto the car. We don't even get to see her face of the head. Well, we do when he's holding it up, kind of, but it's out of focus because it's so far away. Yeah, we uh, come on. Like, okay, I get it. You know, he he's strong. He pulled her head off. Okay, sure, but we're horror freaks. We want to see the face. We want to see. Well, like in any horror movie, feels. when you throw a decapitated head onto a fucking car window where the best friend is sitting there trying to get away, you're going to see their face. Yeah, but no, no face. And Marie is now freaking out. And then as windshield wipers are on and it's just red. As my oh, notes are going to stay here, Myers Poo drags Maria out of the car. <laughs> and Myers Poo? Yeah, almost, almost kills her. But out of nowhere, Christopher Robin appears driving another car and crushes Poo between the two cars. This would break every fucking bone in his body. I don't care what the hell he is. It would crush his bones. If you know anything about science, there's no fucking way he's coming out of that with just a limp. Um, can you also explain to me how Christopher found the full set of clothes and a car and the location of where they were? <laughs> Color me baffled because I have no fucking clue. Okay. So now, you know, like stuck between the cars. Um, this is where Christopher checks on Maria trying to help her. But Pooh, out of nowhere, with his Myers strength, pushes the cars, like you saw that, like right away from himself, like right off of him. I mean, he, he shows a tiny bit of a struggle there. And it's not like big time shoving them. He But he moves them easily enough to squeeze himself out of there. And, then, and walks with a slight, a very slight limp. You'll miss it if you're not paying attention. I, I saw it, but now I have to say big action moment. Insert big car crash, car explosion <laughs> that then throws Christopher and, you know, Maria like, into, like, on the floor. And as Christopher's laying there, Pooh's walking very slowly, but gets there quite quickly. And Very Meyer style, yet yeah. again. Yeah, he grabs Maria, of course. He's going to go for Maria, not Christopher. I don't know why. And Christopher's going to sit there and he's going to plead for him to, you know, take him instead. Yeah, and he does that. He pleads constantly. Like Again, like an emo guy. Very bitchy. And he's pleading. Oh, God. Thank you for saying it. He is such a little bitch in this movie. And Pooh hesitates for a second. But that's when Pooh breaks his vow of silence saying... And like such you a left. Like in such a worse voice. You left. You know, like you left. Like, you left. You know, weird. And that's when he fucking totally slashes Maria's throat in front of Christopher. And her then, death is I'm sorry, her death is dragged out a little too fucking long. Yeah, because then Christopher holds on to Maria. He starts crying. Like they're lovers. Did you get that too? He never yeah, they saved him and everything, but like they know each other for like five minutes. If that, and how did he even know her name? Because they never said her name. No, they never did. Anywhere near him. So, uh, again, 
writer. Writer's then, terrible. And then when the dying Maria is like gulping on her own blood, she just says to him, go. That's our last words, go. Like, why do you care about him? Like, you're dying, you know? He's a stranger. What the fuck do you care? And at this point, after watching her die in his arms, and now a traumatized Christopher realizing his form now? Yes. This is like how they portray it. Now, finally, after all this, now Christopher Ron realizing his former childhood friend, who is beyond help, flees from the 108 woods. Well, we get the scene of Pooh repeatedly stabbing Maria's corpse. Like, that's a Myers thing, too. Like, why? Actually, that's not really a Myers thing because Myers doesn't do that. He kills and he's done. No, like, urgh, urgh. Like a Rob Zombie Myers that would do that. Probably. Oh, yeah. Rob Zombie's Myers. Yeah, very much. Rob. Yeah. It's, this is just a terrible freaking terrible ending, too, because they leave it open for a possibility of a sequel. It's like, I hope to yeah, God not. Yeah, Christopher Robin and like the fucking whole army of London coming into that forest and killing everything they can. That would be the only sequel. That would be possible. Like their food, they have left this movie tasteless. <laughs> well, okay. Very that, bland. <laughs> that's how the movie ends. And there's a bit of our childhood really warped and destroyed everybody. So you're welcome and sorry. If you haven't noticed by Zach's lack of enthusiasm for this movie, it's because he could not really get into this film. What? Usually, Zach, you you have you, usually Zach, you have so much more to say, so much more detail for a story. You could tell this movie was not for you, and unfortunately, my first watch, I absolutely loved this movie. My second watch, I am right there with you. It's fucking god awful. <laughs> no, because I, it, I look a... at it from my perspective. Uh, as a podcast reviewer, and I'm just like, oh, God, I like a really shitty movie. <laughs> no, like, for instance, I mean, I talked to this movie months before it came out, and like when we started our podcast, and I was, like, really hyped to, like, want to see this. I was like, oh, I, I know, we both were. And, yeah, I, we, we'll go into our sponsors, and then we'll really get into the nitty-gritty, okay? Mm-hmm. Because we're really going to have to get into nitty-gritty with that. Okay. <laughs> we will get into the knit and the grit. All right. So for the first sponsor of the night, I always like to mention one of our first sponsors, Pray For Us Clothing, which wow. is an indie brand that has the message, the end is near. And if you live in this country, it looks like it is. And it offers worldwide <laughs> shipping. A great new item that to check out that I really like this week and I see is the Rotten World hoodie that really has fit a lot of great people and i would love to get one myself it is 70 dollars, but the reason it's 70 dollars, it's really well crafted and it's only a limited edition in my opinion and you can and how they offer you this you can pay in four interest-free installments of 1750 with the info they provide on their site and it's 70 percent cotton 30 percent polyester and it's a great fit for anybody Whoever you define, whatever you define yourself as, this is a great fit. And I've seen it on so many different types of people on their pictures. So it's, I mean, I really recommend it. So shop and get this 
item, but we're going to give you an extra deal. Shop more items, and when you use our discount code, the Horror Supernatural Chop Shop, all lowercase, you'll get a great surprise percentage off your entire order, and they do worldwide shipping again. So worldwide means you'll get it anywhere you live, and that's very important because if you listen to our show in London or Australia or anywhere in the world, you'll get that shipping discount from us. So if you want that item, get like two more, then get the actual great discount that we provide you and get even a better discount. Yes, absolutely. And Zach, th- this, uh, this item, it's very unisex, correct? Yeah. There you go, you guys. You know, there's a lot of summertime birthday parties, graduation parties. This makes an awesome gift. Like, I'll give you an example. I saw, this is a hoodie. I saw this girl walk into a store the other day with her, like, boyfriend. And she's wearing, and this is like a Seinfeld episode, honestly. She's wearing a rosier. She's wearing a bra, it looks like. It's a bit like a bra. And she's wearing a really cool, stylish hoodie. I saw the back of her hoodie. I'm like, that's pretty badass. It's very cool. But every other dude in the store was like looking at her wearing a bra, you know? With like her crackhead looking boyfriend. And I mean, sorry, but they did. But like, yeah, that look can work for a lot of different styles, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Now on to our next sponsor, Al. Twisted Vixen. Uh, Twisted Vixen is an awesome person, you guys. She's always working on new things. And the item for this week are her Living Dead earrings. Super cool. Ladies, you'll look fashionable. And you will totally rock these zombies on your earlobes for only 38 bucks. That's a hell of a deal. And what's great about Vixen's products she handcrafts each and every item herself. So each piece that you get, it's a genuine piece of art. You can find Twisted Vixen at One Twisted Vixen on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can find her uh, items at shoptwistedvixen.com. But if you use the discount code uh, that I'm about to give you, you'll get 15% off your order in the United States, uh, capitals THS underscore lowercase whatever you want to call it chop shop so make your orders now use the code you get get a good discount and i i do wear her earrings a lot of them are big but they're very lightweight they don't hurt your ears i i gotta give her a big applause for that and i want to say if you if you buy her stuff and you use her discount and you like the stuff and we gave you that discount go on our instagram go on hers and let her, let her know that we sent you your your way and give us a good shout out and we'll give you a good shout out back follow us on instagram because of that and that's a supportive thing we do in this community yes absolutely we support each other and now uh, before Elle introduces our final sponsor i just want to say something because this final sponsor is our newest sponsor and a little bit i want to say is one of the uh, owners johnny of the brand is one of the most respectful people I've ever met in the community of us getting sponsors. The guy I can pick up calls, will text me back. He'll he will work on getting us all the information we need in like 10 minutes. And this is a brand that I know Al like really is going to greatly speak about right now. I absolutely love this brand. It's Olivia Noir. They have something for everybody no matter the, the sex, no matter 
well, I'm not going to say sex, no matter the gender, no matter what you identify as, uh, they have everything and they cover a lot of sizes, you guys. So don't be shy. Uh, they're a Phoenix-based fashion brand committed to crafting inclusive goth fashion for all whose mission is to empower individuals to live and dress very unapologetically through size, inclusive fashion that promotes confidence and artistic expression. Um, this week, make a statement. Look stylish in their sweet dreams dress. Yes, an absolutely lovely little homage to the most loved, one of the most, one of the most loved 80s horror films. Yes, that's right. Friday, or not Friday 13th. Uh, Nightmare Before. Nightmare on Elm Street. My goodness. Uh, you guys can check it out for yourself. Um, and I'll let you all know that I'm gonna I'm gonna be straight up. You're gonna look nightmarishly sexy in this fitted dress. Now, if you're above an XL, I'm sorry. They but they do cover extra small all the way up to an XL. So definitely great great size coverage for only forty bucks. I'm personally gonna try to get one of these. Um, and if you use our our code, you're gonna get a nice little discount as well and that's all capitals the horror supernatural chop shop and uh, i believe that's worldwide zach that's worldwide isn't it yeah that one's worldwide as well yeah there you go and uh yeah definitely tell them that we sent you I, they I are awesome it, people it's like so it's, it's so important to know that they are a independent brand that really provide their clothing all over i was at this yes. event last weekend and it was I'm trying to, you know, hustle there. And I'm there meeting these great LGBTQ new friends. And I'm showing them their Instagram. And they're like, this stuff would be great in New York. I'm like, nobody makes this stuff. And it's true. I live in New York. No one makes the kind of shit they make. No, no one makes that anymore. It's uh, what you go to Hot Topic, you have toured and that crap. But they don't make anything. There's no more. Lip service is kind of gone. Like all these big brands back in the goth brands. If you want to be like goth kind of person, no. They have a lot of witchy goth kind of stuff that you'll love, horror stuff that you'll love. And it's a small little team that does that. And that's what we like to support with all these vendors that we're mentioning, all these sponsors. They're small little teams. And that's what we want. We're not going to bring you some big ass brand that can afford the world. Yeah, exactly. I, th I think what I love most about. Um... Oh my God, Olivia Noir. Oh my goodness, I am terrible tonight. I'm turning into the human version of Blood and Honey. <laughs> you like, you like, you were so like, you watched it the second time, and you're like, Blood and Honey has ruined my mind. I lost brain cells because the movie's so bad. No. Yeah, thanks a lot. That movie totally ruined me. But what I love about Olivia Noir, right, is it it gives that that old time feeling like of what the horror community used to be like you know what i mean like you got that it, it's very 80s yet very um i want to say retro it's very 80s retro slash modern look it's really bringing that style to now and i love that about these guys because it's it's such an original concept of the 80s movies that we loved so much and it's just aces in my book yeah i i gotta say about them like where they where they are located I don't care where they are. If, if 
we could represent them in any state, like such as New York, a place that still had goth clubs, we don't, but like any place that still has goth clubs, they're the perfect brand going back 15, 20 years when we had all the goth clubs in New York City, so many, that if they existed then, everybody would be wearing their stuff because they're the perfect goth club night, like clothing, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. And tonight's, uh, tonight's item, I can definitely see a lot of girls wearing, wearing that dress. Oh, yeah, 100%. It, it's sexy, but it's not, it's not, I'm, I'm going to say it, it's sexy, but it's not slutty. And, uh, yeah, after this, I want to say to everybody listening, if you have friends that have an independent brand that really makes sense to our show, uh, contact L, uh, especially uh, us on the, uh, you know, we'll say our things later, but L is somebody that is really good uh, getting us the best sponsors and sending them to me, and I make the, the final decision with her, and we get them. We worked on a few that did not fall through yet. I want to say, if we, we, we spend our time circling you and you don't give us your time i know your time is important but our time is also important you don't know what goes on in our lives but that's hard for us as podcast hosts to get new sponsors that we're helping and not getting to understand this we're not getting paid until we make them money so if you don't want to like spend the time don't waste the time yes and uh thank you zach for saying that anybody that is out there uh, that knows of or that is part of an indie brand that is considering or would like to be considered a sponsor of ours, you can email me at sparkysparkstcs at gmail.com. There you go. All right. So now we're going to give our, rev- our reviews. I want to start, but I want to like ask you, how would you like to do this? Would you want to do like a one to 10, one to five? What do you want to do? Because I have to weigh my. I always do a one to five, but. You can do. I'll do one to five. You okay? Okay. Uh, for me, this is a two for me. Yeah, but this is two. All right, well, hold on. I want you said that, but I want I want to tell you I want to tell you what I'm going to do first, and then after you hear me, maybe you change what you're going to say. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, script. I have a one. Acting, a one and a half. Costumes, a negative one. The <laughs> film, a complete two. With a blessing of possible better kills, not using CGI. And overall ratings of this film, a two. And yes, that is because, again, this movie was a of several horror movies. And now I want to go into my piece. We learned that the director of this film, because I don't know how the fuck he made this much money off this crap. And the reviews were terrible. 5.2 fucking But million. if you go online, the reviews are terrible. And it's not even got a good percentile. But yet people want to go see it because what he did. Wind of Blood and Honey. All of us did because the trailer. I don't have to stop the trailer. wasn't even in the movie. The trailer looked fucking incredible. Yeah. And now they're giving him a license to basically do all these folklore tales that we grew up with. Because most of them, if you don't know, were written in London and stuff, and they have lost rights from the big like, companies such as Disney and stuff, and they're able to be sold off very easily to somebody to, ah, I want to do a version of this and change it around the title a little bit. You don't have to exactly call the title this or that. And I, he's lined up to do like, at least four of them in the next like five years. I'm like, oh, God, why? 
I, I just can't. <laughs> so now you gave it a two, but give us your opinion of why you gave it a two. Give us our opinion when you first saw it. You originally saw it. I want to tell everybody. When you originally saw it, you're like, I liked it. When I originally saw this movie, again, <clears throat> the first time I watched it, I was with my mother. All right, stop saying because you were your mom. <laughs> don't don't add her to the equation. Mm -hmm. like well, that that's you know that that's my truth. Okay, I'm stuck to it. We enjoyed the movie a lot, but then again, I was not really paying critical attention to everything like I do for our show. So if if you're watching it and you're not really thinking about it. I, I would have given it a, I hate to say it, I would have given it a four. Ah. But I'm going to be, I'm going to keep it real with you guys. Watching it as uh, co-host to this this show, it, it's, it's, it's a two at its finest. The movie is very, very badly written. Most of the movie is unsupported. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that doesn't need to be in it, such as Maria's huh, uh, soccer. Come the, the fuck on. The subplot that you took from like uh, a B, like a BC show, like in London, that you put on there, like right. No, it's just it was. It kind of made me think of uh, Taylor Scout Compton going to the therapist because she's fucked up over Michael Myers. She had a stalker. Okay, I get it. That's creepy. Yeah, but she was a main character, and this person comes in out of nowhere, and you're thinking she's the final girl, and she's nowhere but she's not the final girl or final anything. No, she's just the final one to be murdered. Horribly and stupidly. <sighs> you know, I have to go into the masks. I need if you're gonna do a mask or prosthetics, it has to be practical you have to have emo em what is it not emoji but <laughs> you're, you're really fucked up with this movie i am i'm very fucked up over this got me good I, you know you have to emote emotions and no, stuff like that I, the poo is supposed to be emotional because he's all fucked up because christopher left him but i'll, I'll tell you this if you go to like there's a, a lot of stores like abracadabra in new york city and there's a lot of mm -hmm. big stores makeup stores and why you see this program in new york city you bring us a mask, and then my makeup artist, or me, myself, we'd work tirelessly to add things to it. Like, one time, we changed around this one thing, and we added unicorn horns to it. I mean, like a unicorn mask. It's so easy to have a really crafted, like, a good crafted mask that costs, like, $60, $80, then bring it to a makeup artist, pay $150 for it, and then spend, like, two nights, like, drinking Red Bull, not sleeping, and doing great things to it to make it look effective. The Pooh mask was just a really bad store-bought Pooh mask, in my opinion. It was very flat-colored. Very, It lacked uh, texture. It lacked depth. It lacked anything. It just it looked very plastic, like a toy. And throughout the movie, I think Piglet's mask looked like... The guy who was doing it was like, I really am going to think Clive Barker's dungeon and Let's add more piercings, you know? Like, what the hell? <laughs> they did better on Piglet's mask than they did on Pooh's. I will give them that. They gave it depth and they gave it, you know, detail. But it was still shit. Then get to Pooh's costume. It's like, you know it's not a guy that size in it. Because it's like the smallest, the skinnier guy in this costume, in my opinion. It's the same exact outfit that Kane Hodder wears as Victor Crowley's father. 
it's what that was better it was better but it's it's a direct copy of but again adam green had the smallest budgets to do the hatchet films and what did he do with them he made magic this is magically this is magically stupid because adam green in any interview he grew up since he was like our age as five when we started loving horror movies he loved horror movies and he always wanted to do a horror movie and he shows that he's a real lover of horrors. This guy from London says the same thing, but I don't see it. He shows more of a oddly fascination with uh, Pooh Bear and Christopher Robin's relationship. No, I think his whole point was like, I'm going to make this title, this get a niche. Um, get it successful so the name by itself sells it. I don't care how bad it is. I know it makes money. I'll get the rights because I know in London like we can get the rights to all these and I can make a lot more money now. Blah, blah, blah. You know? I, I agree. Because it, it, it didn't make the bulk of its money in its motherland over there. It made the bulk of its money in America. And Canada. Yeah, because horror fans went out to Midnight Premieres and shit for it, and I remember, like, I they actually stopped actually posting reviews of it for a while. That's what kind of like made me worried. I saw it two days after after it came out, and I loved it. And then I watched it again, and I'm just like, damn. Yeah, the second time you watch it, if you actually pay attention, you're gonna ruin it for yourself. Go into it without any expectations and you might like it but if if you have any expectations you're going to hate it yes you really will and I, I think is that our final piece on this movie um no it's the fact that like this movie is so talked about fuck you there's so many great films this year we cannot confuse the good ones like evil dead rise and oh my god, if they even nominate Blood and Honey for they anything will. that they will. Evil Dead Rise. Van Gore will. You know they will. They will. But they do that, and I'm going to be like, what the hell? There's no way this can compare to Evil Dead Rise. Evil Dead Rise is it, it's, it's fucking gold. It makes no sense to me how this movie is actually talked about in a conversational uh, standpoint. Like it's, it's just... This, this movie is a dog turd that turned white. It's a failure among failures, in my opinion. It's terrible. I, I believe it would have been better had they actually spent time and effort on the actual writing. Be, the be writing honest. really needed. Was the song that I played better than the movie? Oh, God. The song was played ten times better than the movie. <laughs> yeah. That's what's sad. <laughs> it really is. I mean, the song's got, you know, rapey vibes, but this movie was very, oh, my God. Christopher probably got raped so many times. You know he did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was yeah. a very sexual setup there. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, why not, they say, you know? When in London. <laughs> All right, so that, that is going to wrap up our review of our talk of <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Uh, now on to horror talk time. Yeah, horror talk time, guys. And let's talk 
so this week we're going to talk about, and I'm actually cool about, I'm so cool, and I, I love this because I love when I heard this. It was announced earlier this year that a brand new Swamp Thing horror film is on DC's slate of upcoming projects, and which is said to investigate the dark origins of Swamp Thing. I love Swamp Thing since I was a kid. I remember watching the two movies, I remember watching the show on USA as like a younger, like a grown-up teenager kind of kid, and I personally want to say I can't wait for this, but now with the director, James Mango, who I really love, who's directed the movie Logan, you know, like mm-hmm. Identity and the new and upcoming Indiana Jones film, I'm ready for it. And he has said he sees his vision as a very clean gothic horror movie about the man monster. That is fucking badass to me. That brings back memories. Swamp Am I the thing. only one that doesn't find Swamp Thing to be a monster, though? No, but he is going to make him man monster in this. Ooh, I'm, I'm there. Mm-hmm. So do you, have, to... do you have topics for me tonight? Because I have questions after that for you. Oh, my. We got questions for the Sparks. All right. I have ten. How many do you have? One. <laughs> I win. I was going to give you like a good... Like, it's going to blow your mind when I ask you it, I'm saying. All right. Wow. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Yeah, you go. You do your first four questions first, and then I'll do mine, and you do the rest, okay? Here, I'll do my first five. That way we go half, and then okay. I'll do my other half after yours. All right. Number one, there has to be at least one part of the film that you liked. What scene was it, and why? The one scene in this movie I actually liked. And you can't say the credits. <laughs> you suck. Okay, the one scene in the movie I actually liked, really? Mm-hmm. He's really thinking. Wow. No, it, it really had to be the really messy scene where, like, Maria's killing Piglet. And like the whole revenge horror thing comes into place, and finally, yeah, she's like, getting "Oh, her you mean anger. Alice is killing Piglet?" Whoever cares? Yeah, but like that person killing Piglet, yeah, and that is like to me the only stand-up moment. Like I'd probably watch that scene over and over. It's pretty cool, you know. All right, yeah, yeah. I think one thing that I really didn't like about this film, though, is. The, the girls all looked so similar that it was hard to keep the names straight. And did you really give it, a shit? Yeah. Not really. <laughs> okay, I was, yeah, I was going to go in the same. Okay. No, latest, I it. don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about who they name. You name them. I don't care. Like, I have notes of their names. I don't really care. It's not important. Like, it's a subplot that makes no sense. <laughs> you know? But you know what? We've said it so many times. We can't review movies just because we like them. Too. Exactly. What we have been, to give it to them straight and real. Let me ask you okay, off the off the fly here. What if it been mm-hmm. a Vanessa Rank take up the subplot and somehow Christopher Robin disappears and the fat like the brother of the missing fiance and his friends come you know looking for her and him and whatnot and that'd be a better plot line than just random people, right? It would. Yeah, definitely. All right, next question. I, I hope to God they don't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number two. Honestly, do you think they could have saved this from being a flop? If so, how? No. The writer's room dropped the ball. 
after the Rhinos room drops the ball and once it starts production, it's no helping. I got to agree with you there. That's really what screwed this whole thing over was the writing. The writing was fucking And the writer was the director and the producer. And he was in the movie. Yes. So, no, there's nothing to say about that. This is strongly on him. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Number three. Give two things they did well with making this film. The beginning with like that whole the storybook? Int- yeah, because that made you feel like it would be a good movie. Mm-hmm. And, and then secondly, sorry, I'm using it. The credit scene where like it looks like it's gonna be a good movie with the news reports. Don't go in the woods. That was well. All done. the beginning credits. Okay, yeah, because you credits. really do think this is gonna be a good movie. Because of that. Oh, too. yeah, I love the opening credits. Like, it really kind of amps you up for what's coming next. And and then he's like, I ran out of drugs and I'm running this sober, and this is how it's going to go. Yeah, the rest of the movie is like a stale fart. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Number four, give three. <laughs> You're going to love this one. Give three things that they real that really sucked in Blood and Honey. <laughs> go for it. Have fun. All right. How many? Three. Just three. Oh, all right. <laughs> First of all, the whole timing of how people got to one place to another? Are you fucking kidding me? Instantaneously. All right. Number two. Fuck you, costume team. Okay, I agree with you on that one, too. Number three. You had such a small budget. Hire local makeup artists instead of using really cheapy CGI, asshole. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Alright. <laughs> Number five. Number five. At what point did you really realize you'd love or hate this this twist on a childhood classic? Oh, the minute like they got... Uh, he, uh, Christopher and his like fiance went in there and that happened and I'm like this is so fucking stupid <laughs> so before the beginning credits no like after the credits remember Christopher and it, oh yeah actually yeah I hated it before, before the I, I hated it before <laughs> the opening credits actually yeah that's sad yeah I hate it even more with the subplot I'm like what the fuck is I, I I seriously thought I like I went to the bathroom and I thought like maybe I hit the remote or something it went on to a different thing and I'm like am I on a different movie am I on like what's going on here <laughs> you just see some girls talking to the therapist's office I'm like huh how does this have to have anything to do with Winnie the fucking yeah I'm like what are you what uh, <laughs> I mean, I've seen way shittier films on Shutter, Screenbox, of low budget crap that never no one sees that are better than this movie. You know what? I watched Sharks of the Corn and I thought it was better than this movie. Okay, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll always say with that movie, that at least gave some kind of heart. It did, but you know what? It was supposed to be ridiculously stupid, and they they did what they set out to do. Yeah, this this dude like this is his passion project. If that Rice did a terrible fucking job with like, this rendition. Don't say passion project. You're not Quentin Tarantino, okay? 
don't say that. Oh my God, he can never ever compare himself to Tarantino. When someone's like, "That's my passion project," and this is what you get. No, sorry. This is turning into Zach's passion project of poo-pooing on poo. This is like the, the big first movie where it's like, I love to fucking let my anger out about and it's like, like you and I say, we're going to be movies we don't like or we like, you like or I don't like, vice versa. But mm-hmm. yeah, you took a second watching at this. It fucks your head up. You're like, oh, monkey do, monkey say. And yeah, it's tonight on the podcast. And yeah. Exactly. And uh, no, you did not influence my my opinion on this film. I actually sat down. I had no, to pay all, close all attention I, to all of it. All this. I said to you is like, make sure you watch it alone this time. You did. You said watch it. Pay close attention. I did, and wow, what a dog turd. Your notes prove that you watched it alone and you paid close attention. I was going to say. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, so you're... You ready for like this random, like out of nowhere, crazy question I have for you? And you can take your time. Hmm. Okay, so since we're reviewing a movie based on a folklore children's book that we all read growing up, now my question is what childhood book or book series would you turn into a horror film and how? Let me give you my example first, okay? My pick is when I grew up as a little guy, I, and I think a lot of us read, the fudge books, you know, by, you know. Oh, super fudge. Yeah, super fudge, which is really originally a fourth grade nothing. And to me. That's a gr- those are great books. I always do talk about these books, but I do my anti-bullying things because, you know, it does represent a lot of anti-bullying stuff. And Judy Bloom is a queen and she is, she just retired from writing, but like, she has done so much greatness for younger people. So after all these years, uh, I you know I've gotten the Fudge books, like I read all of them like growing up. But how I would turn this into a horror film? I turn Fudge after all these years still being bullied or not taken serious, but this being looked at as a character, and snaps and finds himself now as we get into him as twenty two years old, at home and he's watching people still bullying and still doing dumb shit and not respecting all he's done and just again snapping goes psycho and tours doing hey i'm the i'm fudge from the books on his tours meanwhile when he's doing his book things he's secretly killing all the bullies and now looking up like these kids were bullied by these people this guy was bullied and committed suicide by these people and he secretly kills all these people as he does his touring and stalks his you know, loyal fans and lets them know, is there somebody that has really hurt you? And I'm your guy. And boom, boom, trailer. Oh, we got a double boom there. That's awesome. Right? Like, fudge, like, being, like, the now, like, kind of like Denzel Washington, man on fire character kind of dude, you know? Super fudge. Super fudge. Yep. So now, what book and what character that you beloved, would you? How would you do the scenario? I don't remember the character's name, but I know this book so very well. Unfortunately, names escape me all the time. But the Velveteen Rabbit, one of my favorite movies, or, not movies, but books. Absolutely amazing book. You know, you got this little boy who, you can go little boy, little girl either way with this. Honestly, um, 
you know, very sick child. Uh, they get this velveteen rabbit and they just love it to death. You know what I mean? And before, before they are actually sick, this is when they get the, the rabbit. They, their parents take all their toys. And the last toy that they have is this rabbit. The child's no longer getting any better. They're actually getting worse. I think a great twist to that would be that this rabbit is a toy that has a demon, a demonic entity within itself. And it's drawing the energy out of the child. And I think that they need to have that child die. The attic gets put somewhere or, or the, the, yeah, the rabbit gets put in an attic or somewhere, or maybe in an antique shop bought, bought by a expecting mother. Right. And she's slowly getting weaker and weaker. And her fetus is as well getting weaker and weaker and they cannot find a way to figure out what's wrong. I, I think that they could Jesus. do something with that. They could oh, do something with that. Oh, you like, you literally had a great opening with what you picked because it's a 1922. I, I, I had that book and I, I know the book very well. And I remember, I don't even think, I think you completely, I don't remember I don't think they actually gave the boy a name in the book, in my opinion. I don't remember the name at all. But it, oh, I remember it was given to him on Christmas, and it was, like, the only thing he ever got. And, yeah, that would be something that what you're saying, scenario-wise, would be awesome. That would translate all the way to the Conjuring movies. Really give it, like, a uh, Brothers Grimm vibe to it. Like, there's got to be something bad about that rabbit. Like the boy is like everybody is against me, and like his anger. He turns to his bunny. He he constantly confides in his bunny. puts all his energy into the bunny, and it's slowly draining the life out of him. And hence, once he destroys his whole family, and he's dead as well himself, that bunny is carried over to another place, yes. given to a family. Yes. Throughout the decades, we get to two thousand twenty-two. 23, 24, it's given to these people. We see what happens. And this could be an ongoing disease. The demon keeps on going. Yes. There's always going to be that. Look at the world we live in. There's always going to be that kid that's attached to an iPad. And it's going to be, wow, this is like, we should really make this into a script, you and I. We should write, we, this is a better, so great idea. Uh, this would be amazing because. All the, the kids out there who like are on iPads and their parents don't even know where they are in the house or where they are. Very much all. like the movie Bedeviled with the app Bedeviled, yes. But this would be more like in tune with reality. Yes, and it's it's not technology, it's a toy. And I think growing up we all had that one toy that was not an electronic that we really grasped to, we really turned to, we slept with it, you know. We all had that. Yeah, like remember the days where like kids would go and they would, I can't lose my 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 like um like the stuffed cat, my stuffed like monkey, my stuffed like uh, doggy, or they bring that with them everywhere. Now it's like, where's my iPad? My stuffed Tigger, which I still have from the eighties. Yes. Now, now it's like <laughs> iPads, or where's this? You know. Yeah, kids are so jaded by the by this crap that they don't quite understand the connection between a child and their favorite toy. My favorite toy. They're Ooh. precious. My precious. All right. Don't you have more yeah. questions for me? I have five more, actually. All right. It's not really a question. It's more like, I'm going to tell you what to do right now. Oh. 
right now. <laughs> Very. Right now, tell Zach before Blood and Honey. So tell the Zach before you watch it in five words or less why you shouldn't watch it. Waste of time. <laughs> and would Zach before the movie like take that and be like, all right, and not watch it? The uh, the uh, really incorrect trailer they gave us, I'd be like, uh, with Zach saying it, so no, I wouldn't watch it. Yeah, all right, yeah. Okay, number seven. Was this at all what you expected uh, the movie to be? No. So it was quite a letdown for you then? I really was going to hope they were trying to, like, rip off like and try to go for the terrifier record and do some like real good shit but wow this was a letdown i i gave london you lost buddies you lost country like i said it felt very much like their food tasteless very bland no offense you guys that's just how i find a lot of the cuisine over there uh, eight do you personally think Winnie the Pooh could be a, su a successful horror film and still fit the story, the story Pooh that we all know and love? Absolutely not. Winnie the Pooh is like supposed to enlighten us and uh, it'd be like if you have a single mom and you're reading these books, it's supposed to be the character like gives us hope, you know, and bringing that and taking it to horror. I was kind of curious about what they would do, but they turned around we read as children this is not anywhere close to what we learned nothing at all this is not the Winnie the Pooh that we know at all not the beginning not how they did it nothing I, I have to completely agree with that yeah um number nine shoot me a Zach original take on how you'd write and direct a Winnie the Pooh horror film I'd write oh that's good I'd write a Winnie the Pooh horror <laughs> film because I thought about this I'd actually write it in a way where what happens is not all this bullshit and detail crap. It's completely true. It's a great positive beginning and winning the poo and Christopher Robin goes away. And what happens is Christopher Robin and his fiance come back to the town and it's a different kind of town. And there's these new kinds of people in the town and they beat the shit out of him and they accidentally end up killing his fiance and he's very depressed in his house and when they all come to visit him he just cries to arms and his tears turn them into revenge creatures to act revenge on the people that killed his fiance and hurt him so badly y'all you do know he's a writer right <laughs> yeah see that that's actually very interesting that would be. I'd, I'd watch that, and it would probably be better than this one. And I'd make sure I'd have a full makeup team. Yeah, with talent. Yeah, I would have <laughs> producer like CGI. Like you're fired, you know. Oh my god, I would definitely fire the people that did this movie. Um, okay, number ten. It's very similar to the question you asked me. I was quite shocked. What children's story do you think would make a twisted horror film? Oh, what children's story besides that that he's gonna mm -hmm. like really fucking ruin? Mm hmm. 
Snow White. They've done Snow White so many fucking times with so many big actors, you know? Remember that, Weaver, yeah. remember that one in the 90s? But uh, Drew Barrymore, just breathe. That was the tagline. It was like so dumb. But Snow White. Oh, such, oh uh, yeah. Snow White is such a Ever gothic, after. Yeah, Snow White could be such a gothic, like really like horror, horror like tale that you really work your time with. You could really make her such the final girl in the sense where she's taking charge and even make it modernized in like our decade, you know, which would be a I, lot I would better. Definitely lo- I would love to see them modernize that. Um, I think, I think Snow White and the Tale of Terror did a very good job, but I would love to see it modernized. Yeah. Like imagine. So Snow White is the daughter of some amazing rich person in New York city. The big time mogul. But he's actually one of the good ones. But his wife poisons him and he dies. And now she is like, she's still a teenager and the wife wants to kill her off. So she gets everything. And Snow White has to fight for everything. But she's really not a woman. She's a demon trying to take over. Like, you know. Nice. So good question. And like, yeah, this is all good. This is, we get better scripts out of our podcast and the stuff we read sometimes. Uh, yeah, this is like a prime example right here. It's bad. It's like, it's like, wow. And not Michael Jackson. It's bad. It's bad. You know it. it this is bad. Dude, it's bad. And you know it. <laughs> and you, yeah, you know it. You really do fucking know it. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, sadly, you got to go into this like totally totally empty-minded in, in order to watch it. And I did the first time, and I'm glad I got to enjoy it the first time. But going into it, yeah, thinking about it, nope. You're not going to like it. <laughs> yeah, but like, there are certain movies I, I love and I, I recommend to you and you see, but there are kinds of movies like I don't know necessarily we get a lot of time on a podcast reviewing because it's not a lot to talk about because they're great movies, but there's not a lot to talk about. You know, I think this is one of those movies where there really isn't a whole lot to talk about, but there's a lot of shit talking that you can yeah, do on this that's, movie. You know that's, what I mean? that's the difference. Yes. You really can shit on this movie more than this movie can do for itself. Like the movie itself is like an hour and 20 some minutes. And yes. We're on two hours here and it's just, no, <laughs> You know, you could talk more about it than they they had talent in it. It's just, ugh, god awful. I mean, I get your budget was that, like, maybe you shouldn't have been, like, director, writer, producer, and everything else, you know? Maybe you should have, like, let other people take a chance. I've seen movies that were made for less than this, and they were so much better. Like, how much was Terrifier made for? 250000 And... What did they do? A lot more, and it was how longer of a movie, you know? Oh, yeah. Damien did what he did, and he made some serious, like, movie magic. It's like, hey, me and my best friend who produces the movie are both makeup artists. We're going to do the makeup. No CGI. This guy should have, like, this guy should have learned a lesson, like, you know, listen to Damien saying this on many interviews and did the same thing. God, we got to get Damien on our show sometime. 
We talk about him a lot. <laughs> yeah, I really want to figure out a way to meet Damien to get us on, get him on our show or something. I gotta. It's like he's he's so like he's he's available in our location on the East Coast. We just gotta find a scenario. We gotta search, man. We gotta search. May have to kidnap him. But I do want to mention though, <laughs> I am very excited for hundred percent confirmed for my cinema therapy teaching people about anti-bullying and how it can help with what cinema therapy on anti-bullying with the horror movies and even comedy movies of the eighties and so on that can get you to be a positive person to become a makeup artist, a hairstylist, and so on. And I am going to be speaking at one p.m. July eighth at David S. Mack Center, that is between Queens, New York, and Long Island. And it's a very great place where there's going to be amazing people vendoring great horror pop toys where these guys don't want to take them back. So, like, say they're from Pittsburgh. They don't want to take their shit back. They're like, they'll, they'll price their stuff so amazingly where you can afford them at a good price. Oh, I wish I could be there. Yeah, you love it. And there's great people signing, great other vendors, great other speakers. So you're telling our listeners to stop in, check check you out, check out the vendors. Yeah, check out and everything. have an awesome time, yeah. These are like vendors that like, really actually bust their ass off coming from wherever they're from to sell the best stuff for all of us. So buy something, all right? Do, like, support them. Absolutely. And Zach, when is that and where is it again? July 8th at the David S. Max Sports and Expedition Complex in Hempstead, Long Island, uh, New York, which is Long Island, New Queens. It's really kind of Queens, New York. And you'll be speaking at 1 o'clock, correct? Yep. Awesome sauce. You guys definitely go check them out. Say hi. And, uh, yeah. Give us a good shout-out while you're there, too. Like, yeah. We'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, and I'm also going to be like representing our sponsors while we're there. Yes, absolutely. So if any sponsors want to come on before then, you only got like kind of a week, and you should come on, and I'll put you on my list, and I will mention you in front of the cameras there. Yeah. Come on, guys. Publicity. I don't know if a lot of people understand that, but all right. <laughs> All right. But also, so, like, yeah, you, you guys can also follow me at ZachTHSChopShop on gmail.com to contact me for any kind of booking like that or any kind of questions for the show. And always follow us at the Chop Shop on Instagram. And we are always going to like post great new pictures, great new movie clips, uh, events we're doing. And you can always have myself and Al respond. And any questions to us, anytime on any platform that you find us on please because we want you to comment on the clips my main goal as i primarily do the, the chop shop instagram i like to post the most obscure weird shit even if it sucks ass i'll post it but it's a cool scene you know Mm-hmm. and i am usually in the comments no, you, you, guys you kill it you kill the comments because you know I have long weird days, and you really, you really take the load off of me, and you really do the, the next part. I appreciate you. I thank you. I try to, I try to be there for our supporters and 
carrying my my weight as well. And how do they find you and contact you, Ev? Well, you guys, as I said before, anyone that's looking to be a sponsor, you can email me very easily at sparkysparkstcs at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at 85darksparkles. Um, also, you can find our merch. You can find our sponsors' merchandise uh, and our podcasts on the link in my bio on Instagram as well. So, you know, go ahead, check that out. Not to mention, we do have Mr. Eyeliner on that link as well. It's right on the top. So give that a give that a look. Great prices. Awesome. Awesome design. You guys, sharpener's already there. It wears long. It does not irritate your eyes at all. I love it. It doesn't smear, doesn't smudge. Beautiful work in lots of different colors. I believe there's 12 in your collection. Yes, thank you. And I want to give the, the listeners, all of them, and their friends and family, this is a great deal right now going forward. If you want to just contact me on Instagram, I and I can send them to you on a cheaper price point from me, from New York, as, and give you a great deal. And I'll ship them myself. It's not a bad deal, you guys. I strongly support Mr. Eyeliner. It's a great brand. And it stands for an amazing feat. So, Yeah, and also, guys, please continue using our hashtag, Horror Movie Lovers Against Bullying. That's what we're about. That's what the brand's about. And, yeah, until you guys start really giving a shit, listening more and sharing this, we're not going to give you any extra time and episodes until we get to Patreon status. But it's up to you to really help us get to Patreon status. So help us, horror fans. Come on, stop listening to the same old bullshit. Listen to us. We're crazy. We have mistakes, you know? It happens in real time. We get a little look, bad. Look at, yeah, look at today's. I mean, we had technical difficulties. We had my tongue-tied brain yeah. brain fart moments. You know, come on. And we're not going to we stop. Keep, we keep our bad moments in there, I think. Yeah, I'm not going to edit that shit out. It's like, I want people to understand that's us as real people. Yes, we are very real. We are very unscripted. And I think that's what makes uh, our show so much, I don't want to say better, but so much more different. We keep it real, very real. Yeah, I thought the chop shop's always going to keep it gory, bloody, and fucking real. And um, you helped me keep it very fucking real, Elle. And uh, this is great. Uh, I'm fucking psyched that we got like 28, 29, and oh my God, 30. The big three zero, like our baby is growing. Yeah. All right. So this has been Zach and L from the Chop Shop. We want to say have a great week. Enjoy this episode when you wake up on the Mondays and you're at work on your lunch break on the bus in the car. Listen to us. Comment on us when you get home on our Instagram. Let us know your horror thoughts. If it's creepy and disgusting, that's even better. We love it. Like eat us alive, if you want? Hate us, love us. The more, the more shit. nasty, the best, the better it is, man. Gore is awesome. Hell yeah! So this is us signing out. Have a great week. Keep it creepy. Bye. Welcome to the horror supernatural chop shop. 
chopping up the good, the bad, the insane movies, TV shows of the horror and supernatural genre with games, trivia, facts, and more.